welcome to the Nerd Party. Everybody, welcome to Second Contact. This is a Lower Decks podcast. My name is Charlene Schmidt, and with me as always is... Tristan Riddell. Tristan Riddell. We are on episode four of ten already for Lower Decks. Can you believe this? It's going by way too fast. It is going by rather quickly, but I am, I'm very much intrigued on how this is going to look at the end of ten weeks. I, I'm really interested to see how the whole season will look overall because uh, during this discussion you'll hear us talk about how some episodes have been better than others and you know how it's either gone up gone down whatever just even in four but i really really want to see how we'll view season one not just episode by episode by but season one itself just yeah as a whole that is something that's been on my mind too because uh, there's a fantastic quote from Greg Daniels, who you and I know as one of the folks who ran the U.S. office. And his M.O. for a lot of writing, as far as stories and characters are concerned, is by the end of a story, the characters should have grown about 5%. There should be about 5% change. Not too drastic, just a little bit to take them in a direction. I feel like Lower Decks is doing this really well. And so far, we've kind of taken turns a little bit. We had the Mariner and Boimler dynamic a little bit. This episode focuses on Mariner and Freeman as mom and daughter. So we've got quite a bit to discuss as far as that goes. Absolutely. And another thing that we could discuss right now is some new reviews. That's right, because we have a couple. And we promised you that we would give you a shout out if you left us five stars in the uh, Apple Podcasts app or where have you. So we do have two that we're going to bring in and then we'll probably have more next week just because there's always a little bit of a delay. So <laughs> these are folks who left reviews in the U.S. Apple Podcasts store. So thanks very much to Andrew Swearingen and Mookie Monster 4 for your reviews. We appreciate you so much for doing that. We really do. And we know that it takes some time. Sometimes it can be a hassle, but we really do appreciate you guys going into the store and giving us a review, especially a five-star review. And also, we really would love to hear from you guys. And we want to we wanna get your emails, we want to get your tweets. So what you can do is go to thenerdparty.com slash contact, select Lower Decks, fill out the form, and it'll send us an email. You can also find us on Twitter. Uh, the, the, the show Twitter account is at JoinNerdParty, and you can find us individually. I'm at the Insane Robin. And I'm at Oh the Profanity. We have gotten some email as of late, so thanks to those of you who have done that. Thank you so much. Now, I am ready to get going. Since this is a commentary podcast, how about we do some commentary? Let's do some commentary. Now, Are, do you have everything queued up? I do. I do. I have everything queued up. So, folks, this is what we normally do. However you're watching it, through a web browser, your Xbox, through your Apple TV, through your phone, whatever it is, we do three, two, one, play, and we queue it up to after the CBS All Access logo. Yes, you should have a black screen. It should be right before we dive into the episode. That's right. So are you ready? I am ready. All right, Why don't you count us down? I got my controller in front of me. Okay. Three, two, one, play. Boom. Here we go. So immediately right off the bat, we're seeing another version of that vessel, of the Cerritos, like the same class. Yes. Yes, indeed we are. We're seeing another 
version of it looks very much the same, but as we're going Except to see, a very different captain. It's got the uh, it's got that blue stripe that we that we uh, oh, that we right. heard about from uh, McMahon in an interview. He said he's like there's going to be a, a science and medical version of that ship, which would have a blue stripe. Then you have engineering, which is the yellow stripe, which is the Cerritos, and then you have a command one that'll have a red stripe. So I that's think that's right. Cool. That's so cool. I still love that also, little touch. Sh- shout out to the Illinois, USS <laughs> Illinois. There you go. That's right because you're outside of Chicago. That's so, right. I'm in Northern Illinois and born and raised in Central Illinois. So near and dear go. to my heart. And we're seeing a Tellarite captain for the first time. I want to say yes. since Star Trek Four. Did we did we get a Tellarite captain in in Star Trek well, Four? Okay, I'm not sure if he was a captain. I don't remember that specifically, but I think that might be the last time we saw a Tellarite in Star Trek. Uh, in I mean well, uh, chronologically, because we did see chronologically. some Tellarites. Uh, we did see some Tellarites in. Um, yes, and if in I'm Enterprise. completely wrong, then our audience will surely let us know, and I'll correct next week. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Yeah, actually, our listeners have been pretty cool. Um, mainly it's just when we've gotten things wrong, but they've been pretty cool to, uh, <laughs> to find us on Twitter and say like, I think you meant this, but they've done it in a really nice way. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. We do like that feedback, by the way, we don't want to put a bunch of misinformation out there. So we now, don't mind being corrected, especially gently and nicely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gentle, be gentle, yes. be gentle. Um, so I didn't like that scene. I didn't like that opening scene. You don't like, uh, Mariner just yawning and being bored. No, I thought, like, I know that Mariner's shtick is being disrespectful. I get that. and Yeah, I, to a point. And I have laughed at that. Like, I've enjoyed her personality for the most part. I've enjoyed her being disrespectful because she has that devil-may-care attitude. That scene felt over the top to me because hmm. it was in front of her captain and her mother and in front of another captain and I know that this is like, please, guys, don't roll your eyes. I understand what this show is. It's an irreverent comedy. It's supposed to be over the top. It's supposed to be crazy. But we're still in Star Trek, you know? And so that, it just didn't, I didn't find it as humorous as I have before. My big question about that was, why is she doing it? What is her end game here? Is it just to piss off her mom? or Or what? Because, I mean... You can't demote her too much further, can you? So you can, what does she yeah, really want? Does she her... want to be off the ship? That's the thing. That's what I keep wondering. Like, is she trying to get fired? Because if that's the case, it's uh, Starfleet's voluntary. Right. You know? So it's just... That was my question. And we just saw one of my favorite things that we've seen in previews, which was the LLAP. She's sticking her tongue out and... Yeah. I, I think my next Twitter profile picture might be something along those lines, just because. I think, I think I've seen that a couple of times. <laughs> it's just like, don't sarcastically <laughs> give me the Vulcan salute. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, so here we find out that she's just hoping that they would, that she would get reassigned, that she get transferred. I mean, she doesn't she have the right to do? I, I don't know. It just right. Why doesn't she just make that request? Or is there some reason why she can't that we don't understand? But then if that's the case, why not just say it? Yeah. I don't know. Or is she just being insubordinate for its subordination's sake? It just, it just, I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. No. I'm sure that we'll find out a little bit more. As much as that is kind of like maybe a lousy setup for everything that follows, at least it's a setup for what happens here. 
So this right here, this is another thing that really I don't understand is, so the replicators are different? Like the, <laughs> yeah, what? Due to your rank, that doesn't make sense at all. I know it's no. just a, a, a tiny plot point, not even a plot point, but just a story point. Um, but Here's that what just I'm seems thinking. silly to me. Well, yeah, because that kind of irked me a little bit at first. I'm like, why would that be? But then I realized maybe it's just different recipes programmed into the replicator. Because the okay. replicator should be able to make anything. It's just the easy access. I don't know, because like he needed like he looked like he needed like an access code like at the end of the episode. He, he it's like if you I feel oh, like yeah. Boy, I feel like if Boimler really needed wanted something so bad, he could program it himself. It sounds like they don't have access to it. Maybe so not. okay, here we go. Here's here's a weird here's a weird scene that you don't normally okay. see in Star Trek. What do you think of this scene? Well, <laughs> I, for as enthusiastic as our Oh, the person on the left is, totally looks like you. Look at that, look oh, at that really? character on the, oh, man, yeah. Like, look for her well, again. She totally back. looks uh, like you. Okay. But you, you keep talking, you keep talking. <laughs> is it the sorry, red hair? Sorry. Oh, they're right there, right there, right she there. kind of does. She's got the red hair. You know what? I would not be in a gold shirt, though. I'm not an engineer. <laughs> but for, okay, for as much enthusiasm as our ensign here has, why in the world is she screwing this up so royally? It's it's all so wrong. It's all so quick. And spoiler alert, my overall thought on this whole storyline is it doesn't quite work for me. We'll get into the reasons why as no. we go, I'm sure. No. Yeah, this was... Uh, I love that she had to ask for room temp sand because that's the thing. <laughs> like with a replicator, you got to say, like you got to specify everything right? with a replicator. T Earl Grey hot. Uh, yeah, that scene, it didn't really feel very human to me. Just, well, You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. I kind of want to think that wouldn't she be a little more prepared? Wouldn't she have done some of that research before and know to right. not do pretty much everything wrong that she just did? Also, okay, so holodeck waste removal. Ew. Yeah, I... This is this is one of those things. Like it's it's so hard as a Star Trek fan to just go, well, just ignore it. It doesn't <laughs> matter because we as Star Trek fans live off of this stuff, like the tiny minutia and the details. Totally. With with that, like the joke later on, it's a crass sex joke, and that's fine. I, I'm I'm not I'm not saying that it's inappropriate. It shouldn't have been in there. I'm fine with it. I'm I'm fine mm -hmm. with it because like when when the um the first officer you know jokes about what it's actually for you know <laughs> right, um, like we all know <laughs> we all know what it's for um to me i feel like like in the it, now granted this was all kind of our assumption you know our assumption was if you sweat or spit or whatever else uh -huh. in the um if you secrete excrete whatever in the holodeck you think that it would break it down like the replicator does like the transporter does you know, like, there's ways to do that. So why would there need to be a waste removal section when it just breaks it down to its bare elements? Like, if you use the toilet, it gets, right. like, on, on the starship, it gets recycled. So why why would that be any different in the holodeck when it could just be broken down? Because, like, we've been told that holodeck technology, the holodeck itself, not hologram technology, holodeck technology, it's a, it's a mixture of holograms and replicator technology so like when you're eating it it's like you replicated it but then right. we also hear a reference to like holographic wine doesn't sit well so i don't know it goes back and forth <laughs> in the show 
Anyway, yeah. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> well, this is this is kind of that whole Star Trek thing of what really happens. What is the actual science behind mm-hmm. these awesome technologies? My big argument about the whole thing is it's all kind of biomatter, right? Also, there's some yeah. serious Rikering happening right now. <laughs> Look at that, his bicep. This is such a great detail. I, I love, I love him admiring his biceps. He is the perfect love child of Kirk and Riker. He really is. Honestly. Okay, so biomatter, it should all be kind of reclamated the same way, which I think just reinforces the argument you were trying to make. Like, why is it any different? Why does it need to be in these uh, really smelly containers where you should probably be in a biohazard suit if it's that bad? I don't know. Nevertheless, gross. So right here, she gets promoted. So these are two, she she jumps two ranks. She goes, like she skips a rank. Yeah, because like she goes from ensign to lieutenant senior grade. She has a full oh, gold pip there. Right, so she can basically be a senior officer. Yeah, but you can be a senior officer and an ensign. Oh, that's Harry true. Harry Kim. R- that's right. And Boimler is now officially the ensign Harry Kim of Lower Decks. <laughs> <laughs> because even Mariner is getting promoted over him. That's his worst nightmare. Her worst nightmare is getting promoted. So and yeah, I it's just because enjoy we- that. We've seen Lieutenant Junior Grades on this show, like like we in this particular yeah, episode. Yeah, it's true. We, we've seen him, so I I wonder why they I just wonder why they did that. Because they're doing this with such exuberance. Like you so are apparently so that painting, good. the painting that we're seeing behind her right now, is actually inspired by some paintings that exist on the Enterprise D. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Now, I got to say, Mariner does not look as good in gold as she does in red. I, I speak for it. I think it's fine. You think it's all right? I do I love like the fact gold, that yeah. her ponytail holder is also in gold, just like it was in red. I noticed that too. <laughs> Accessories so, make the uniform. Now, they didn't explain why they switched her over to gold. Because no, if they she's didn't. on the command track, why would she need, if she got a promotion, why uh, yeah. would she need to change her? Is she working ops? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What's I don't on. know. I wish they had explained that. That was one of those little details I was hoping they would get into. <laughs> As someone who's been to a lot of theater and one-man performances and everything like that, this one hit particularly home for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when the guy turned over and said, "Oh, I didn't see you beam in there." Also, the endless meetings. I think we can all relate to that. And here we have the poker game. Now, is this just a Starfleet thing? Do all ships have their weekly poker game? With the visor hat included, somebody is designated to wear that? I think it's, a, it's definitely a, a package that comes uh, planted in the, in the ship. <laughs> like when you get the ship, you get sheets, I you love get it. pillows, and you get a poker set. Right. So next to the plaque, after you yeah. have christened the ship, there's the poker kit for senior staff. I kind of love it. So, do you identify with, um, is it Tendi, Tandy, Tendi? Tendi, yes. Tendi. Um, so, I think this is the first time we see tacos in space. Yes, Taco Tuesday. So, do you, do you sympathize with Tendi here, of like needing to be liked? Because I feel like no. this is a very common trait with a lot of people. <laughs> this, I know you and I totally don't. This is a big don't. problem that I have with this story overall, and I'll try and save a lot of it for final thoughts so we can keep the commentary rolling. But her story falls flat for me just because of my own attitudes. 
Okay, See, yeah, ops, she must be ops, an ops now. Ops. Yeah, yeah. Is ops the some kind of of lower decks where they're going to say it so many times in every given episode? <laughs> I don't know. Because we made a big deal out of that in episode one. You know, okay, Tendi yeah, yeah. really annoying the crap out of this guy. I'm sorry, she should realize that she has royally screwed up here and needs to back off. Give him space. That is the best thing she could do right now. Now I understand for comedic effect, she's not going to mm -hmm. do that. However, as a real person, this is the absolute wrong thing to do. I just want to put this that out. This made me laugh, though. Like when she said, like, I'll, I'll Reiki you. <laughs> like that just that made me <laughs> laugh. That was probably gave me the biggest laugh. Um, in, in the episode. Yeah, Tindy is getting dangerously, is flirting dangerously close with Tilly territory. In terms of maybe being too annoying and bubbly? Too, too annoying, too bubbly, too in your face, too can't stop talking. I yeah. feel like she's already eclipsed Tilly in that, in that sense in this episode. In Not in others, yes. in this one. In, th in this episode, I think you're right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, this, Tendi bothers me in this episode. I feel like this is a uh, this is a classic. Um, I feel like I, I've seen this so many times when I was in college. When he's like, it's like all the songs are about the month he lived in Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> See, now like, I gotta say like, for Freeman, she really is working this whole "I'm going to annoy the crap out of my daughter" plan. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. she's. Okay, so this right here, like I've heard a lot of people say, not a lot of people, but some people say that they've been disappointed with Freeman's captaining decisions. Really? Why? Yes. Well, like they, they feel like she's not a very good captain. I think and she's been pretty good so far. I, I think the reason why is because specifically last episode where she like she worked everybody half to death and everything like that. And uh -huh. oh, Rikerling. And um <laughs> Rikering, Rikering, Rikering. Rikering, Rikering, Rikering. And, and on the chair, no less. Wow. On the Bold. captain's chair. Yeah. But um, I, you and I talked last episode about how I feel like she redeems herself. And it's, it's, I think the reason why people are feeling this way is because it's a stark contrast to the godlike captains that we've had in the past. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think the big thing that makes me think, oh, she's doing just fine is the fact that she did redeem herself. She owned up to the situation right. that she created. Right. And I think it's great that she's an imperfect captain. And my the reason why I bring, bring this up is because uh, Captain Durango is far worse. Oh, I mean, we're watching a hot mess in the making right now. As a matter of fact, there's a bunch of orange slop taking over the ship, permeating the hull, and... um. Yeah, this isn't good, guys. This isn't good at all. Now, I love that Boimler chose this moment. <laughs> really? Yeah, of all things. Okay, bud. Yeah. Boimler should not even try being bad. He's doing it for the right reasons, but this is not his strength. <laughs> he should not do so this. The force fields on the Cerritos is a little bit closer to what we saw in Discovery than what we saw on the Galaxy. Because, mm. like, you see the, like, when something hits the force field, you see, like, that hummy, honeycomb pattern Yeah. Up. I really like that detail. It gives a little bit more dimension, dimensionality? Is that a word? Yeah, uh, it does. To, uh, to it, instead of just a flat static. Right. It's a little more visually exciting and dynamic. Mm-hmm. Now, I think this scene right here that we're looking at where engineering is flooding, this is why the episode is called Moist Vessel. Yes? Yeah. <laughs> 
Ooh, now, yeah. do you think of the word moist with a negative connotation? No. I mean, I feel like I've been trying... I feel like pop culture in society is trying to get me to be grossed out by the word moist, but <laughs> no. No. I mean, it does kind of have sort of like an icky kind of feeling to it, though. Sort of like, you know, when you've go, you go outside and it's a really hot day, but it's also really humid mm-hmm. and you just immediately feel like you're suffocating. Moist kind of has that feel to me. I'm going to get super close to the mic and use my NPR voice. Just one second. Moist. I don't know if we needed that, but okay. <laughs> it's just for those of you who don't mind it. Uh, and then for the rest of us, we all cringed collectively, and I'm here for you. So this guy, he, he was lying the entire time. I this this storyline was weird, and like, like, and not in like a quirky way, right? Like, and I then really also don't like they, they make them like all of a sudden like they think that they're best friends, and then they're about to die, and then they kiss, and yeah, then he ascends. Uh, it just it was just strange to me. Yeah, honestly, it makes me like Tendi less, and I definitely don't like this guy. So his whole motivation for the ascension is that he wants a thing. He wants to stand out mm-hmm. and be unique in some way, but it's all a complete farce. That is so anti-Starfleet, I can't even. Yeah, that was that was incredibly strange. And, and like I said earlier, it didn't feel very human, it, that kind of thing, you know, and because... I tried to reconcile it in myself because we see it all the time in Star Trek where like some, you know, like some being, some alien, like their next form of evolution is ascending to pure energy. Like we see it all the time in Star Trek and that's what they're playing on. But we've never really seen that with humans before. We've never seen anybody do that. And so that's why it felt a little strange to me, a little flat. Right. Which reminds me of the reference that uh, Rutherford, I think, made earlier in the episode. Oh, like a Q or a traveler. Yeah. (laughs) Which was a little blatant and in your face, but hey, cute nevertheless. Now, do you have flashbacks to the Genesis cave with the background of this, with the waterfalls and the steep cliff? No, I didn't. I didn't. uh, I didn't think about that. No. Okay. So did we learn? Totally reminded me of that. Did we learn Freeman's first name here, Carol? Or did we know that beforehand? Or I think this might be the first instance where we hear it out loud. Yeah. Carol Freeman. So Captain Carol Freeman. Yeah. Carol. (laughs) (laughs) calling her mother Carol. Did you ever call your parents by their first name in a moment of anger and rage? Oh, God, no. No, (laughs) Neither did I. I never crossed that line. I'm pretty sure I would have been reprimanded heavily for that. So I thought they were actually going to kill him off here. Like, I thought he was actually going to die. Yeah, I mean... Would it have been any payoff, though? I actually feel like what's about to happen is about as good of a punishment as this dude's going to get. That even though I didn't like the whole Ascension storyline, the end of it I really enjoyed. I thought it was funny. Like from an objective point of view, it was just funny. Right. Um, yeah, everybody, well, not everybody, but he gets his wish, which ends up being his worst nightmare, which is kind of the overall theme of the episode. So radiation from the deflector. Why on earth would the deflector emit radiation? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. The Genesis device thing that they're towing, perhaps? Over the past 20 years the the deflector has turned into the the tricorder it's the plot device you know it can do whatever you need it to do exactly it really has though so here's my question is on the cerritos i know that they weren't infected by this thing as quickly as the other ship but a little bit of gas clears everything up just fine but meanwhile Mm -hmm. 
the Tellarite ship is just completely just destroyed and irreparable. And I then, guess they were too far gone. Maybe it just they waited just that much longer. I, 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 don't, know. I don't know. It seems a little implausible to me, but okay. <laughs> and then I think also, it was just again, trying to show consequences. Yeah. Again, we have gas saving the day on the ship. This is two for four now, and I'm hoping that's right. It's not always this easy, <laughs> you know. Oh man, like this is see, like I love, I love like, like, why is this going so long? <laughs> I was expecting any moment for him to pull out his tongue because he is everywhere. Right. Oh, and then like the uh, the, the the universe is balanced on the <laughs> also, back of a okay. giant koala. The koala thing. What the hell? See, this is what made it funny to me because it became so absurd. Like that's just objectively <laughs> funny. Even yes. and even if I didn't like the the, um, the storyline, even now, in the episode. The boots, however, more resilient than the uniform. Because they get to stay. Apparently. Now, I got to say, though, <laughs> terraforming on the ship looks... It's a beautiful landscape. It's done a very nice job. So this solution was classic Star Trek. I mean, like, this was very much like, oh, we just need to inverse the polarization beam and then emit the gas. Right? We're going to tech the tech here. All good. Yes, I do really enjoy seeing Mariner and Freeman working together. We've had little peaks at their dynamic, but here they're really forced to work together. I am looking forward to so much more of that. I really am. Mm-hmm. Okay. And are they, Leaf are they blowing it here? What are they, what are they doing? Like, what, I don't what is know. That, what is that going to do? I'm really disappointed. If that's a leaf blower in the 24th century, <laughs> those things survived? Why? It's a 24th century leaf blower, so it must do something better. <laughs> It gets rid of uh, globity glue, apparently. There, there you go. Yes. Oh, also, we totally missed the Abraham Lincoln reference, which I really appreciated. Oh, I, I missed that. That's when our ascended ensign, he's like, I can see Abraham Lincoln or something like that. Oh, I missed that. I totally missed yeah, that. Yeah, no, that happened. So, okay, so in this Admiral's uniform, they only have, I might have brought this up before. Uh, they have the pips only on one side because in all the other times when we've seen an admiral, they've had pips on both sides. Right. I think it's the most th- common admiral I thing I think it's that we've part seen. of the uniform redesign. Also, I think it depends on what sort of admiral you might be. Mm. But don't ask me. I'm not an expert on the uniforms of this series. <laughs> so once again, like, like the sensors thing, like this is very much yes! an inside joke. Oh, for Star Trek fans. I love this so much. Now, I was talking with some folks on Twitter before we recorded today about who has said censors, who made this a thing. My argument was Spock, because Spock would say it. And Tuvok would say it too. Yes, yes. My friend Sabriality on Twitter, she mentioned that, and she thought, oh, that's in my head because Delta Flyers called that out recently, and that's Garrett mm-hmm. Wong and Robbie McNeil's podcast where they review Voyager. Uh, but then I remembered... In the motion picture, Bones also says censors. And our mutual yeah. friend Matt Hansen said, well, that's because he's been hanging around Spock too much. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm a little confused as to who started it and when. So I feel like there should have been more... This should have been a bigger part of the story about Boimler being jealous of, um, of Mariner. Yeah. Like, because he said, he's like, you had everything that I could want... And and you threw it away. 
Yeah, and she really did. She mm-hmm. really did. So I'm wondering, maybe in the next episode, do we get some sort of callback? Or maybe if not in the next episode, the next time these two have to work closely together, maybe they have to hash this out a little bit. So we find out that Boimler has a girlfriend next episode. <laughs> it's a long <laughs> yes, distance indeed. relationship. Now, I love what's about to happen in this preview. <laughs> Mariner, no. <laughs> Don't pull down her pants. That's wrong. (laughs) Again, another opportunity to see blue underwear wasted. (laughs) Instead, we got fuchsia. You get freedom of choice in the 24th century. (laughs) Starfleet issue has come a long way with a variety of colors and styles. So annoying. annoying. (laughs) Anyway, that's the episode. (laughs) That's the episode, folks. We're talking about underwear, people. All right. So overall thoughts about this one. Where does it rank for you of the four we've seen? Straight on the bottom. Like, this is mm. this is flat on the bottom. I think this is by far the weakest episode of the four. Um, like, the first episode, I was a little iffy on. I was just like, okay, okay, this shows some promise. And then I like the second one even more. And then I like the third one the most. And then it just <laughs> went all the way down. I just think there was too much that didn't work. I thought Mariner was too disrespectful. I, I thought the Ascension storyline just didn't work. I, it wasn't interesting. Tindy was just over the top and annoying. And it just, it felt, it felt a little too spastic and yeah, it just, a lot, a lot of it fell, fell flat for me is all I can say. Okay. I'm pretty much right on the same page with you. I feel like this, this was not a bad episode. And if this is at, after 10 episodes, the bottom of the barrel, it's still a pretty good barrel. However, I didn't enjoy this one as much as the others. And I would say episode three ranks at the top for me right now, followed by two one and then yeah, probably this episode four. I the whole thing with Tendi and her obsessive desire to be liked by everybody did annoy me. And in part it's because I'm one of those people where I have my close confidants, like yourself, and mm-hmm. a few other people. I hold you guys very close to me and everybody else, you can give me input, but you know what? At the end of the day, mm. Yeah. It doesn't totally matter. There's people I trust and then there's everybody else. <laughs> that's not to say that I don't like you. It's just that's how I am. And I don't really care a whole lot about what other people think because in the line of work that I've had and past career iterations and whatnot, I've had to have a thick skin. You have to just take a lot off to keep going. You know what I mean? Also, I think the shtick of Mariner being disrespectful and trying to stay on lower decks and being a par- the 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 daughter of the captain, I feel like we need to get more answers or more movement soon. Otherwise, it's going to get boring. Oh because yes, I like I have a feeling that they're going to stretch this out through the entire season. And at episode four, we're already bored with this storyline, and they're not giving us any more answers. Uh, it, it could become cringy pretty quick as we get to six, seven, and eight. It could if they don't keep it moving, right? Right, right. They've got to keep progressing. So like I said at the very top of the episode, they moved him about 5% here where they had to hash some things out. They had to work together. And I think the result of that is Freeman saw her daughter doing a really good job. She is a competent officer. Now, Mariner, I'm not sure what she got out of it. <laughs> Because she mostly suffered through things that she hates and found a way to get herself demoted again. Now, that said, though, I appreciate the dynamic where it is right now, but they do need to keep it moving. And I'm hoping that we do get more of that, especially as we find out 
what got Mariner devoted or demoted the first time <laughs> this right, happened. Right. It, yeah. So we need to learn more also about just, I, I guess, why does she not want the responsibility of higher rank and privilege? So what happened? I think we, <laughs> essentially, I think we did see it though. I think we saw it in this episode that she finds it boring. Like I think she, well, she only does things that interest her. And if something doesn't interest her, she makes it, um, she screws with it until it is interesting to her. Like the whole carbon thing, like the carbon filter thing. Sure. I suppose uh, yeah. in that sense, like she's a big fish in the smaller pond, right? She knows how to play that game. So when it comes to bigger gravity of responsibility, she maybe just hasn't found what does interest her in that sort of realm, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe she yeah. hasn't found her specific area of focus or something like that, hasn't found the way to twist it in a positive light, or she just flat out hates responsibility, which I got to admit, I kind of understand on a certain level because that can weigh heavily on you as a person right. and suck the fun right out of it, out of your job. So she might have the first time she got promoted you know, in her pre previous assignments, maybe she thought, oh, this is great. I'm on my way up and what have you. And then something happened and she probably faced some horrible consequences. Maybe people died and realized, oh, this is not fun anymore. Not in the least. We'll have to wait and see. Unfortunately, yes, because we didn't get any further information on that in this episode. So I appreciated the dynamic with Freeman and Mariner. I also enjoyed what little we did get of Boimler and Mariner. And I agree, we should have had more of that. I love those two. They're like a brother mm -hmm. and sister duo to me. They just, they rock. And, And yeah. it'll be interesting next week to see what kind of dynamic that Boimler and Mariner have because are they are they going to go the concerned friend route are they going to go the concerned sister route are they going to go with the jealous friend the jealous potential romantic partner angle like which way are they going to go you know we, we don't know it's true honestly I have no idea where they're going to go with that yeah because there's definitely going to be something there's definitely going to oh, yeah. be something like that we see there <laughs> you know like yeah. what, what's wrong in this picture I agree by putting in a girlfriend now in the next episode, we are going to find out what exactly that dynamic is, right? Between yeah. these two. So I'm so, very I'm very much looking forward to next week. Me too. I'm here for it. I'm ready to find out. Let's see what sort of shenanigans ensue. All right. Well, that's our episode, folks. Thank you so much for listening. As we talked about earlier in the show, uh, go to the nerdparty.com for all of our back episodes and all of our other shows. We got other Star Trek shows on the network. We got Star Wars shows. We got Harry Potter. We got Babylon 5. We've got Doctor Who. We've got movies, TV, everything that you possibly want. Lots of great stuff at thenerdparty.com. And we also have a master feed. If you listen to all of our stuff, go to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and search the Nerd Party master feed and you'll see every single episode ever pushed out in that one subscription. Awesome. All right, everybody. Well, until next week, we've got some terraforming to get rid of. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.